Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Ron, hi. My father always told me to dress for the job you want, not the one you have. Which is why once he made his first billion, he became a nudist. But you're not quite there yet, Ron. <laughs> not yet. My private freight set off on her maiden voyage yesterday from Emden Port. And on it, she carries more than a thousand luxury cars, Porsches, Ferraris, Lambos, you name it. Ron, what I'm trying to say here is that uh, I've gifted each member of the global team with one of these beauties. So saddle up. It's time to get dressed. This is your world. This is your world. This is your world. This is your news. This is your news. This is your news. This is. This is. This is. This is. Global Examiner. Global Examiner. Global Examiner. Global Examiner. Gladys Cooper's sister, 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 Gladys Olympics cold front, China's Winter Games receive chilly reception. World on the edge, colossal bear breaks into Tahoe Key's home, threatens America. Move over, bears. Cows return good name to Animal Kingdom and cure mental illness. This is your world and I'm its host, Ron Ecstasy, joined always by my correspondents Devin Welsh, and John Beedron. Thank you. Let's get right to the news. All right, guys, welcome to the newsroom. We've got a lot to go over today. Let's start out on the ocean. As I mentioned before, a big ship is on fire right now. And most of you won't guess where, even though I've just said where. The ocean. Oh, John, uh, have you been to the ocean recently? Um, I have not. Once again... Uh, there is no legal proof of me being anywhere near the ocean in the last two years. Do you have a pack of matches in your pocket? I do not, actually. Though I did find some under my foot when I was standing near a gutter in a poor <clears throat> area of a city block. Hmm. Okay, well, thank you, John. Uh, Someone was trying to give me the old hot foot. Yes. Um, and now, Devin, uh, you um, seem to have on you right now a, uh, a list of every item that was on this ship. Uh, could you tell us what was exactly on this ship? That's right, Ron. This is a very hot story. And uh, I've got a very uh, a very imposing list here. Thousands of vehicles, including some made by Porsche, Lamborghini, and Bentley, 
are trapped on board an abandoned and burning cargo ship that's currently floating in the mid-Atlantic region of the uh, of the Atlantic Ocean, according to news reports from around the world, and we're contributing to that, of course. Um, the ship is called hmm. the Felicity Ace. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's and, 656 um, feet the, long? The, the, just clarifying. Yeah, just, just cl- you said it was uh, Porsches and uh, Lamborghinis and Bentleys, right? That's right, Ron. I uh, Yeah, it's, it's funny. I, I don't know if there's any connection there between uh, uh, what, what we heard recently from uh, Mr. Turquoise. Right. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I was a uh, little, I got a little scared when the story bubbled up. Well, uh, he did. Yeah, he didn't mention Bentleys. So no, I think it's safe to assume that uh, this is it's he probably used a uh, different ship, I imagine. Uh, He must have. He. uh, Yeah. The. So did you get an email with the tracking number for the the Lambos? I think so. The ship. I uh, I got a. Yeah. The news story here says Um, the ship had been en route to Rhode Island, which is funny because that's what Peter Turquoise had mentioned to us after leaving a German port, which, again, Mm, that's where one of Mr. Turquoise's businesses is located. Yeah. But uh, we'll have to. We'll check in on that Um, and we will bring you the news, whatever it means for us uh, and uh, the cars we were due to receive. Yeah. Um,. Yeah, I was really looking forward to that. Actually, that was like the best phone call that we've received ever gotten from him. Um, well, we don't know. I mean, we don't know. This is probably not ours. I mean, no. I think we no. would have heard. Yeah, he probably would have called us by now. The uh, it, so it, 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 we're fortunate that here. Let's just get this out of the way. Uh, the twenty-two crew member. So that means the people who are on the ship, uh, sweeping the poop deck, putting mm-hmm. in the fuel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Making sure there's enough life vests and lifeboats for people who paid to be on there, perhaps. Um, they were evacuated, and there are no injuries reported, which you always love to hear when there's no injuries on one of these ships that uh, yeah. is about to capsize. Um, and I'll be yeah. honest, if yeah. these were supposed to be our cars, I kind of would trade some injuries. I know. Maybe if someone could have gotten to the fire sooner, maybe risk them their own safety a little bit just to make sure. I asked. It's a I lot know. of money. It is. I asked for a uh, a specific color, so I'm. <laughs> um, so the uh, Portuguese military said in a statement uh, that everybody was fine, and um, the cause of the fire remains well, unknown at press time. And that, so, again, that's another short short sighted statement because we mm-hmm. don't know if everyone's fine, right. such as the recipients of those luxury automobiles. Yeah, some of us. Yeah, they're not taking into account some of the people on the other end. That's a great point, John, where there are people who have feelings uh, who are kind of guaranteed something by people who who have to live up to that because they promised they promised something and not every and you're doing a lot of work and a lot of a lot of travel and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think we're going to be fine. We'll be fine. Yeah. Right. I mean, we'll be fine. Well, yeah. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's uh, let's move right along. Uh, let's spin our globe and drop that pointer finger you have on China. The uh, massive country. Of- I can't find it. Hold on. What? 
It's China? Uh, next to uh, Japan and Korea. And do you find Russia? Have you found Russia yet? Uh, no, it's, near, it's in that area. These ones are they small? Are these one of the small ones? Uh, no, it's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty big. A lot of people there right now. Um, and then there was a, there was a bunch more because the Olympics just happened there. Now, mm. let me let me fill you in. If you're not an Olympic head like me, uh, some of you may know I was uh, training for these past Olympics, um, but got some dates mixed up. I thought the COVID thing they were just going to push it a year. Got okay. I'm a year behind on my training uh but we did go to the olympics on behalf of P- uh peter turquoise a little bit of a snafu though we forgot our microphones weren't able to record while we were there that's why there's been a bit of a gap in between episodes but uh devin um you were paying attention to the cross-country skiing i saw um thoughts feelings there, there were some some interesting things happening. Uh, what did you see? Can you give us a rundown? That's right. Um, thank you, Ron. The uh, There's a couple of major stories about cross-country skiing, uh, the first of which has to do with um, real snow falling during these uh, competitions. Uh, of course, uh, for the Beijing Olympics, uh, some fake snow was organized by uh, the uh, Chinese Olympic Committee. And... Uh, mm. They had all of their uh, all of their T's dotted, all of their eyes crossed, and yep. wouldn't you know it, real snow suddenly uh, gave way from the skies and uh, messed well, up all of their plans. Um, how about this, that, it gave the city the appearance and feel of a real Winter Games. Uh, mm-hmm. There was fresh snow in the mountains as well, where all events have been contested on, as I said, artificial snow, fake snow. Mm-hmm. While mm-hmm. the snow was mostly a welcome sight up in the mountains, it affected visibility and made it tougher for ski racers to make it down the hill, especially in the first mm. run of the two-leg giant Mm-mm. slalom. So Now, can I butt in here for a second? Please, please, John. Um, I'm just a little confused. Now, when snow falls during the Winter Olympics, yes. and we have people on skis, I would have to assume that this is the exact kind of event that they'd been training for. You'd think so, John. You'd think yeah. that they would have been training for real snow, but in fact, they are, they've moved off of real snow. They've moved on to artificial snow, and it's a, it's a very different sport, really, with the artificial snow. It's, uh, it's a different mm-hmm. type. Athletes require different types of bodies, uh, different mm-hmm. you know, workout regimes, different mm-hmm. nutritional regimens, right. and uh, the real snow can really just get in the way. Mm. Now, now, John, I was doing some clicking around Wikipedia, and there was a link that I clicked that uh-huh. seemed to indicate uh, your family is deeply involved in the uh, the creation, invention, and distribution <laughs> of artificial snow. Uh, now, that is a common misconception. Um, my family did... John, what am I being misconceived about here? <laughs> Now, okay, now hold on. My family did have ties to the original artificial snow cartel in northern Michigan some, you know, however however many decades ago. Um, but we cut ties just after artificial snow came out onto the marketplace. Hmm. Um, I have not received any of the, the legacy funds from mm-hmm. artificial snow, mm-hmm. and I'm in no way implicated in the ethical obligations that follow reporting on an artificial snow story. So you are denying that your family has anything to do with the dealing and distribution of 
quote, fake snow, uh, unquote. As far as my family in such matters as being dealers of artificial snow, fake snow, as it were, uh, mm-hmm. I have no recollection. Well, John, I suggest you talk to the webmaster of Wikipedia and get that fixed because you will not believe what people are saying about this and the artificial snow trade. Um, <laughs> I will absolutely be contacting the webmaster. And Ron, I have to say, as a fellow journalist, as one of your peers, I'm a little disappointed that you are going ahead and believing any truth that you see printed up on the Wikipedia Times. Uh, well, John, John, we have to be very careful about these things here because we are professional journalists, as you know, as as mm-hmm. you are as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I will give you credit for mm-hmm. that, and we, but we have to exercise uh, due caution uh, and expose and mm-hmm. be very clear about all conflicting interests because you know, Global Examiner is a is a it's a highly regarded news program, and we can't have conflicts of interest hidden under under the sheets, if you will. Absolutely. I mean, I'm I'm aware of the fact that the, the Global Examiner is a Peabody nominated aspiring podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, we have yeah. aspirations to become nominated for journalistic yep. integrity. Yeah, allegedly, uh, allegedly, we are so or so we aspire to. Yes. Uh, so you know, I take this stuff very seriously, and uh, I just have to say at this time, I'm being, I'm, you know, I just have to hold the line here. I don't recollect. Okay. So Good. that is yes. my official statement, as it were, in regards to the distribution of so quote unquote fake snow. Okay. That's very, well, good. That, that's that is, very good. That's, that's very good. That's very professional, John. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to turn from that story to a related story that I also spend time covering in Beijing, okay. which is uh, please, which I put under the heading of Crotch Watch. Which mm-hmm. is that ski, a skier, uh, an Olympic skier, faced an unbearable, to quote him, mm. frozen penis during oh. a uh, 50 kilometer skiing race. Um, and he ended up finishing 28th. Uh, not good. That is yeah. not now, good. I, I hate to sling mud here, but uh, okay. Devin, I, I am also on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. And Uh-oh. I am clicking around here. And I Uh-oh. just wanted to ask you because it seems that your family actually has ties to the uh, winter penis snood industry. Huh. Snood, for our listeners, obviously is a is a garment that you wear in cold weather to keep your head warm. Wow. And it says here that the Welsh family has a patent on the penis snood. I will come clean here. I will uh, explain that, yes, my wow. family uh, has been in the, in the penis snood business for uh, many generations, actually. Um, this is maybe a slight conflict of interest for me to be reporting this story, but uh, I have to just be real and say that, you know, part of the reason why this story was so fascinating to me is because for generations, my family has been trying to solve the question of the frozen penis. And, uh, I think I would, I would say with pride that we have solved it. And, uh, that's that's amazing. This skier, um, could have reached out to us, could have done some research beforehand. You notice that this story only talks about a single skier who dealt with a frozen penis not yes. mm-hmm. every skier in the competition and ah, i think okay. uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised to discover that many of the skiers employ the welsh family brand uh wow. penis snood well that's actually great news then that that's that uh, is that yeah, is pretty that's admirable actually that's, i'm sorry to have to have posed that in such a hostile way wow okay so just for full disclosure uh devon are you wearing a penis snood right now 
Uh, the only time you'll catch me without one is when I'm in the shower, Ron. Look so. at that. How about that? I've always wondered what that was. Uh, not that I was looking. I wasn't, I swear. The uh, Now, the, this, this snood it, it fits snugly around the uh, top part of a penis uh, mm-hmm. while, wh- while the skier is dashing down the snow, uh, whether artificial or real. Uh, that has no effect on the snood. Um, now... This frozen penis, uh, the 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 skier Remy Lindholm from Finland, uh, said that he, he spent just an hour and sixteen minutes traversing the course in howling, freezing winds, which is uh, the the leading factor of frozen penis, and uh, he said that uh, he used a heat pack to try to thaw out his penis. Once the race was over, and uh, when his penis started to warm up after the finish, he said the pain was unbearable. And uh, I'd just like to point out, he was on the course for only a little over an hour, and the uh, the mm -hmm. Welsh uh, snoods have an eight-hour guarantee of uh, penile warmth, so... We would like wow. to extend uh, the offer of, a, of conversation, of dialogue with Mr. Lindholm about a potential collaboration, a partnership, if you will. The lines are open. The lines are open between Remy Lindholm, a Finnish uh, athlete at the Winter Olympics. Not very good, Finnish 28th. Uh, but he ne- he needs to get in contact to... Uh, if he wants to use his penis any further, in any further uh, Olympic events... He uh, he's one of the guys who probably didn't t- have to use any of those condoms at the Olympics. So I'll say that, That's uh, even sure. though he probably should have. Uh, now, Devin, is it safe to assume that the other forty, fifty or so competitors in the cross country uh, skiing race uh, spent the duration, the meat of the race, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, wearing the Welsh snud? Is that something that we can confirm or deny? I can't speak to um, to all of our partnerships, to all of the relationships that we have with Olympic athletes. Um, mm. That that is confidential. But uh, okay. I will say that uh, the story does speak for itself. the uh, the The fact that only a single uh, skier was uh, implicated in in this uh, mm-hmm. penile problem um, kind of gives you a hint as to how pervasive our uh, penile penis snoods are in in this Olympics. Yes. Okay, and and well, we and, we, mm-hmm. we wish Remy Lindholm a, a speedy recovery, and you know, uh, of course, in, in the worst case scenario, if he does have to have his uh, his frozen penis removed from uh, frost damage, frostbite, yeah, uh, maybe it'll make him faster. That's true. Uh, look at Lance Armstrong; happened to him. Started winning a lot of races after losing a uh, testicle uh, to cancer. Unfortunately, um, it's a sad state of affairs for him, but. This Lindholm fellow, I saw you, Devin. Uh, again, we didn't, we forgot our microphones mm-hmm. at the Olympics, so we couldn't interview him. But uh, I saw you speaking with him, and I understand that there's confidentiality there. But I did notice he did pull his little bib down to show you. Could you give he us did. a firsthand account of what it looked like? He did show me. He did indicate uh, what had happened to him, and uh, it was, you know, something that we, we don't like to see in uh, in the family business. Um, mm. Something that we've we've actually gone out of our way to avoid seeing for many generations. And um, mm. I did speak with Mr. Lindholm. Uh, yes, that I can I can come clean about that on the air, and uh, we are we will be in dialogue uh, very soon. 
Could you mm-hmm. confirm the size of uh, Mr. Lindholm's penis? Yes. Uh, I please. for journalistic it, reasons. Just please. It was um, due to the cold. It it uh, it was on the smaller side. I, I will say. Ooh. Okay. Twenty eighth place side and and twenty eighth place. Yeah. Uh, what, uh, what medal do they give out for twenty eighth place? I forget. Uh, oh, that's right. Sorry. Uh, he, he's a. Uh, doesn't get a medal for that. Okay. Uh, well, thank you very much, Devin, for that in-depth uh, reporting. You are uh, uh, ahead of the game. Um, you really, um, you know, put your put put it put it all in there and really warmed warmed up that situation. You really took a hold of that situation. And, yeah. And, yeah. Um, so is that the breadth of our Olympic coverage this week? It's just cross-country skiing. That is. That's the only event, right? They only have that was the only, in the Winter Olympics. That was yeah, the was main the event. Th- that was uh, yeah. yeah. So the the only thing we had tickets to really. Do they have like ice blowing or like you know snowball throwing or I don't. I, I know don't you should know. ask. Uh, you should ask Devin. I was and, hoping to learn and, a and lot this, about that ice this blowing time when we went, but yeah. Um. All right. Well, it's been uh, a long let's, time inside. Let's uh let, let's let's move along, but keep it along the uh, ski trip theme, and take ourselves over to Lake Tahoe. I've got a headline over here. This is a section we like to call World on Edge. There's a colossal bear in the Lake Tahoe area named Hank the Tank. He's a 500-pound bear that pounces on properties with a craving for all things food and most likely children as well. Wildlife officials are saying they want him dead, him being the bear, not the children. He is well-known and wanted by the California uh, Department of Fish and Wildlife. Again, well-known. Everybody seems to know about Hank the Tank. Again, 500-plus pounds. That's about three or four dads. Uh <laughs> Now, um, the the spokesperson, uh, not for the bear, but for the uh, Department of Fish and Wildlife, there are no responses from the bear spokespeople, uh, has said that he has damaged 38 homes and is responsible for over 150 phone calls. Terrible. Terrible. Ron, is our democracy under attack? Yes. This... Kind does of Hank stuff. the Tank hunger for, for American-bred democracy? Yes, he does. Thank you, John. A the, the little, little bit of my own uh, edit, op-ed here, but this needs to be stopped. I'm getting some intelligence about this bear and his motives. I can't necessarily tell you exactly uh, what is in that. It's confidential. Um, but it's not looking good. This bear will uh, damage your house. Um, he, he ripped, uh, a doorbell off the, uh, one of those nest doorbells. He ripped it off the wall. Horrifying. Uh, uh Ron, so that's, yeah, yeah. A please, question please. coming to my mind is, is there a political motive behind this, these acts of terrorism? Is there, uh, is there a broader political agenda? Is this, mm-hmm. uh, is this a kind of an insurgency, uh, an attempt mm. to take down the, the infrastructure and the, you know, the, the sort of social community of American life. Yes. Uh, thank you for that question as well. And I'll give you straight answers here. Yes. The answer is yes. Uh, 
essentially this bear is trying to sow discontent in America. It's trying to create confusion. It's trying to create uh, disinformation. Uh, it's trying to uh, really push our democratic buttons. See, the thing is, we American citizens know how to deal with the right thing. We know how to do the right thing. This bear is probably drunk on vodka mm -hmm. and uh, just tearing apart, as I said, doorbells. Um, and we all know what that can lead to. We, we've seen events happen around the world. We know what happens after that happens. A lot mm -hmm. happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now, this Cold War, since it is winter, mm -hmm. yeah, that absolutely. the Fish and Wildlife Department are waging against this brutish, big-boned bear, this clumsy, oafish, destructive force. Yes. Mm -hmm. Hank the Tank. Yes. Is it winnable? Yes. I will give you a straight answer. Yes is the answer for this that. This Cold War against this insurgent bear mm -hmm. uprising is winnable. It is winnable. The way you do that is through coalition making, mm -hmm. uh, organizations like NATO. Mm -hmm. um, they, were, they were created for stuff like this. We make promises to other countries. If we're attacked, NATO will come in and help us. Yeah. This is an instance where NATO should be on the hunt for Hank the Tank. He's a 500-pound bear. How many times do I have to say this? He ripped off a doorbell. Ron, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of people on the ground here that they're concerned that, the, that NATO, that U.S. Fish and Wildlife, they're mm -hmm. worried that they could possibly spend too much money to take this bear down. Now, I know a lot of our listeners turn in for the, the, the analysis on this podcast, yes. on these kinds of stories. Is there too much to spend to stop this menace? Listen, I'm going to give you a straight answer here. The answer is no. There's never not enough money. We always have money yeah. to kill I our enemies. And again, Hank the Tank is a 500-pound bear. He's ripped off a doorbell, John. And again, there is money in the bank to fight uh -huh. this. This is the stuff we do. I just want to say this isn't a question, you know, of expenditure of money, because in the defense of democracy, in the defense of, you know, our American communities, there is doing no, the right thing. There is no dollar sign. No, nope. there's no price mm -hmm. tag. There's no price tag for doing the right thing, John. Like you're you're. You're missing. You're missing. You're listening to these uh, these people chatter in mm -hmm. in in downtown Tahoe, saying, "How are we going to pay for this, John? Mm -hmm. It's covered." Mm -hmm. Good. I'm this, glad to hear it. Honestly, the yeah. more we spend, the more secure I feel, mm -hmm. knowing that this earth scene menace mm -hmm. is out there destroying the very foundations of our democratic homes mm -hmm. and our doorbell wiring. Mm -hmm. Yes, and and again, I, I mentioned it was a uh, um, uh, 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 Nest doorbell, uh, very yeah. expensive, over mm -hmm. one hundred twenty-five dollars. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, is is the instance of this destruction of mm -hmm. a Nest doorbell? Would we mm -hmm. categorize that as uh, hacking? No, this is terrorism because, well, the, cyber, is this cyber terrorism. Cyber terrorism, I, I think, is the appropriate because is we're this talking how it begins. We're mm -hmm. talking about the security infrastructure of these California communities. We're talking about the surveillance uh, apparatuses that are necessary for uh, for security for uh, for good living, really. And um, yeah, you know, an attack yeah, on the, those systems is an attack on on all on of us. So it's yeah. a short it's a short walk from cyber terrorism to full blown nuclear war. Right? Uh, yeah. Yes, John. 
and and I'm ready. So, uh, the, the one one of the aspects of this that we haven't really thought about is just the energy aspect. Why is mm. he doing this? There mm. are energy concerns. Uh, we have pipelines trying to be built uh, in and around that area. How how do you think Lake Tahoe's going to get it? Get it going to turn the lights on? How how do you think that's going to happen? Mm. When we got a bear walking around taking off, taking off your doorbell. So these are these are some of the concerns, and I'm I'm listen, I I might be getting a little worked up about this Cold War stuff, but I really appreciate you giving me the space to talk about this in an open, transparent uh, dialogue ethical that we've created. Way. Ethical, very ethical, super ethical. Um, all I can say is uh, Hank the Tank is trying to sow dis- discord in the United States, and uh, I he needs to be killed. I agree. I completely I agree, agree as well. I, I agree think, completely. I think a, a, a bear like this doesn't uh, doesn't respond to reason, doesn't respond to dialogue. Um, whereas nope. it's we, too drunk. It's too drunk. Mm-hmm. It's too much of a menace. It's five hundred pounds. You know, you can't you can't uh, talk it down from the edge. No. You have to no. you have to use the only language that this bear understands, which is brutal violence. brutal violence. Blow yes. him back to God. You know. Yep. Bye bye. Let him sort it out. Bye bye. Now. Ron, I also hear that there are instances where Hank the Tank has been shitting in the woods. Uh, yes. 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 I actually, I looked yes. into that and uh, that is um, a kind of side, a scientific discovery really that's come out of this uh, terrible mm-hmm. situation. You know, we've seen in the past that escalating wars can lead to scientific and technological advancements. And in this case, uh, it's no exception. We have learned, we have been able to confirm that bears such as Hank the Tank do mm-hmm. defecate in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and not only do they shit in the woods, but that those piles of, uh, of bear feces are what you could call, um, you know, uh, a potential uh, explosive situation. You know, like yes. they are, yes. I, I think of them like landmines in the Land woods. Landmines, you know? yep. Yeah, Absolutely. I was just about to say that. Thank, God bless, uh, rest in peace, Princess Diana as well. It should just mention that. Um, just regard with regards to landmines, you know, cause mm-hmm. uh, I, uh, not sure exactly how she died, but I think it was something involved with that. But, uh, let I us think she was driving and a bear popped out, if yes. I'm not mistaken, and made her swerve off road oh. into an abandoned British landmine field. Oh yeah. Man. Okay. Do you want, I think I'm actually thinking of somebody, somebody different. Oh, you know, Tiger Woods? No, I don't. I forget. Whatever. The uh, okay. Let, let's uh, let's move on and uh, say m- move over, bears. <clears throat> Cows return good name to animal kingdom, and. Uh, while they're at it, they're curing mental illness. <laughs> oh, this is a feel-good story if I've ever heard one. Yeah, it sure is, John. So uh, let's talk about Mountain Horse Farm. It's a bed and breakfast in upstate New York and maybe the only place in the nation to bear hug a bovine. Oh, bear now, hug. Now, that immediately makes me scared again. It makes me think of the Cold War and the escalating tensions between mm-hmm. ourselves and the, the Ursine menace. Yes. Well, let's. Now you're telling me that this is this is the introduction little... of bovines is here to to sort of purify this this 
disgusting, naked, aggressive language. Yes. So a bovine, John, is a cow. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's where we we it, the 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 long the it's short for uh, Beauregard vine, mm-hmm. Bo, mm-hmm. Bo, or Beauregard vineyard, I think. Beauregard vineyard, bovine, uh, is a, a cow. It's a scientific name. Uh, that I learned from Devin, who is our uh, scientific animal expert. That's um, right. And uh, he he uh, just slipped me a note that said, B- bovine is the science name. It says here, bovine is the science name for cow. So thank you, Devin, for that insight. Um, so yeah, this this mountain horse farm, you can, listen, you can go there and start hugging cows. Yeah. Now, uh, some listeners may be confused thinking uh, how many cows there are around the nation and what little is stopping them from going up and hugging them wherever they may be. Uh, Folks, you're going to need supervision if you're hugging a cow. Now, it seems like it would be easy to do, but it's actually quite complicated. Uh, What with the udders, the horns, uh, their massive necks, Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to want to have a professional, an expert in the room with you. And that's what Mountain Horse Farm provides. That's right. A nice meal mm-hmm. and some adult supervision for some good clean fun. Let me just mention that that meal will be breakfast because it is a bed and breakfast. Uh, there is no dinner or lunch served, and please, I've been I've been told to please stop calling and asking what time dinner is served. It's a bed and breakfast. So, uh, listen, this uh, this is coming from the owner, uh, the unnamed owner. Uh, <laughs> Cows, please respect so, their privacy. Please, yeah, we, and we will. So the the un, uh, unknown owner says, "Cows lie down much more than horses." She said, "They get very quiet and soft. Just sitting with them makes people go quiet too. They so it makes people go quiet. Interesting. Which is, I I just thought they they gave us uh, milk and uh, stay bri- ribeyes." Mm-hmm. Um, but they can do so, so much more, Ron. So much more than milk and steaks. Yeah, and okay. So there is another uh, little thing that the owner, uh, unnamed uh, privacy respected owner, uh, said that hey, this this is an inn, not a petting zoo. So so don't get any ideas about uh, just petting the the cow bovine because it's not a petting zoo. You have to pay to sleep in somebody's house, and then they'll feed you breakfast in the morning. They're not; they may or may not sleep there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the, um, and it's not a petting zoo in the sense that you know you want to. These cows are independent uh, bovines. They're not there for your entertainment. They're they're living their lives, and uh, those are special lives that we can participate in. Mm-hmm. If yes. they invite us in, but we are not uh, entitled. Should the, should the bovines feel benevolent, they mm-hmm. will allow you to hug them. Yes, uh, um, but it's not a pet. Don't don't think of it as like, "Hello, I'm here to pet them." Get come here, hey cow, and then taking a carrot out of your pocket and shoving it into the the big massive uh, cow mouth. With a big dry tongue that you can order at the butcher shop later. Um, and by the way, uh, have you ever tried John? John, have you ever tried cow tongue? Yes, I have. Um, it's my favorite meal. It's the only food that tastes you back. Mm-hmm. Damn it! I was gonna say that. That was the only reason I. 
But the upshot of this article, the good news uh, that'll put a smile on your face is that, uh, <laughs> you know, the unnamed owner says people can't stop smiling. Um, oh. When people connect with the cows, nothing else exists. They forget their cell phones, forget themselves and the problems they have. It's a really unique moment. And so uh, at Global Examiner, I think, you know, we encourage all of our listeners to go out and uh, interact in a supervised manner with a bovine, with a cow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To forget now, your I, problems. I'm, now, Devin, I, I understand that we're also receiving reports that some people are actually moving to upstate New York and starting a small community where they have um, eschewed uh, personal possessions, material, material things, and actually creating a uh, semi-religious community around the cow that mm. they've been hugging. Uh, that. So that way they can stay near it and receive more of its wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, now, some in the uh, U.S. agricultural uh, department are saying that this is a a cult, a cattle cult, if you hmm. will. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Are we concerned at all that the claims of this bovine specimen to cure mental illness are just another uh, way to get people to move and change their lives for the personal enrichment of this uh, bed and breakfast owner? I would step in here and point to the U.S. Constitution and our freedom of religion, freedom to practice and express our religious uh, convictions however we want to, however we want to relate to God or Mm -hmm. to a bovine God. And I think uh, the the Department of Agriculture has no business within the the prayers and the thoughts of uh, American citizens. And so... I support the bovine, the cattle cult, and uh, I think I will be checking it out myself in the coming weeks. Yeah, John, do you have I a do, a, do you have an address for that place? It sounds great, to be honest. <laughs> I just to say I'm also interested in joining the cattle cult. This is yeah. not, you know, I'm not trying to be closed minded here. No, no, no. There no. is something very appealing to the idea of permanent happiness. Yeah, and uh, it seems as though hugging a cow is a gateway to that permanent happiness you mm-hmm. speak of. Yeah. Now. Uh, I've been eating these cows for years, not mm-hmm. the specific ones that you pet. It's not it's not pet, sorry, the uh, the ones that you hug, mm-hmm. um, or they hug you. I'm unsure. Uh, the <laughs> I uh, have only been I've only engaged with these cows in that way, and mm-hmm. personally, I'm looking forward to kind of befriending a few more of these cows. Unsure of how many cows are on this bed and breakfast farm, but listen. Uh, Tell me how I can get my uh, court-ordered psychiatrist to write me a prescription for this, right? Am I right, you guys? Nice. Yeah, yes. I, I feel would. exactly the same way. I mean, I <laughs> wish that they would give me something other than uh, what they're giving me now. Yeah, yeah. I really do wish the court had a little less control over our uh, mental well-being. Yeah, I know. And uh, the the ex-wife gets fifty percent too. I can't believe. Yeah, I wish I could either. give that fifty percent to the to the cattle cult. I mean, oh, that's yeah. They would know what to do with it. Yeah, be put to good use. Yeah, um, think about how much butter that could provide uh, needy communities. Yeah, uh, I, John, I, I seriously, I need that address though. If you have it later, the uh, this is a um, uh, p- people cannot stop smiling. Uh, as as John or uh, Devin said, they forget their cell phones. Mm-hmm. They still have them, mind you. They just forget about them. Mm-hmm. Um, they leave them there, actually. They're also that. That's what happens when I put mine in my pocket too. But I don't need a cow around for that. Um, this is this is just spectacular news. I think uh, 
I uh, am heavily medicated, and uh, <laughs> for many reasons, again, court-ordered, I mentioned earlier, psychiatrist, which is a bit more of an intense thing than just a uh, psychologist. They uh, have the power of the sword pen, mm -hmm. uh, can write prescriptions uh, mm -hmm. for you. And again, if my court-ordered psychiatrist is listening, and I know he is because... He feels this all is, of these recordings. This is posted on the internet, and it's part of the whole legal proceeding that uh, I uh, really want a prescription to this place, and I am now I'm making an announcement. I'm now going off all my meds cold turkey because the cows are uh, they, telling me to. <laughs> they will cure my uh, state of my mind. Absolutely. Okay, Ron, we're going to have to cut you off there. I don't think we need you to go ahead and make a statement that bold okay, sorry. Uh, on the podcast. <clears throat> so we're going to go ahead and we're going to we're going to let you figure that one out on your okay. own. And yeah. uh, I believe we're going to move on now. Okay. Now that you're good and, and uh, ramped up here for next yeah. week's news. Yeah, let's go to next week's news. Dev, what's a, what's in the news next segment. week? Yeah, what's in the news? I, well, I would make a bold prediction that I'm looking for more stories about the, the colossal bear and potentially uh, because uh, the bear has been tracked going eastward. Okay. And I think that maybe, maybe, maybe we see an interaction between this colossal bear and the cattle cult. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not sure mm. which side will win, but I'm, uh, I'm praying that good prevails over evil and that the cattle cult vanquishes the bear for all time. Wow. Okay. Excellent. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I'm that's looking a great forward to prediction. That. That's yeah. a great story. I'm so excited that's going to happen next week. John, what do you got on the docket? Um, I am going to go ahead and predict that we will be driving bitching Ferraris. Yeah, buddy. Taking hairpin curves <laughs> around that's Lake right. Tahoe to oh, yeah. fight the bear. Okay. Mm -hmm. Too fast, yeah. too furious? I don't think so. Uh, I, I'm into that. Uh, uh, listen, I've got a prediction here. Uh, we're going to see some extremely important health news with a, a visit from Dr. John next week. I have a feeling Dr. John's going to be visiting and giving us some uh, updates about the global health in, in uh, inventions, things that are changing the world and, and uh, making us, you know, see through walls and stuff like that. And uh, The exciting thing about the Dr. John segment that we're predicting that will happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. We don't know who he is. Mm -hmm. We no don't idea. know what his what he's going to tell us, but we right. do know that it will be earth shattering. Mm -hmm. Yes, this is important global news. Listen, everybody, you've been listening to Global Examiner. This is your world. We've just described to you four, maybe five, news articles that take place all over the world. We hope you've learned something new. We hope you learned where China is. We hope you now know what the scientific name for cows are. We now hope that you want to kill bears ruthlessly. And I'm sure there were more stories, but I can't remember them now. So why don't you tune in next week or whenever the next one comes out of Global Examiner. This is is your world. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.
with notification. 这是 DHL 国际快递最后语音通知。您有一份重要快件派送，均无人签收。了解详情，请按九，请按九由人工客服为您服务。